Can we meet? 
Listeners on QMZRadio.com, JohnnoRadio.com. Good morning to my studio audience right here with me on Clubhouse. It is Retro Thursday on Coffee and Toe. We're just going to vibe out to some reggae classics until about 9.15 when we are joined by our Future FM family. FutureFM.net, FutureFM 98.9 in the Bronx, Westchester, and Mount Vernon. Listening to the voice of Ernie Smith. Nice time. When was the last time you had a good time?
a little Sanchez for you. Have you ever had to rearrange your life for someone else? I'm sure we have all done it. Sweet kisses too Round 
listeners on Future FM 98.9 in the Bronx, Westchester, and Mount Vernon. Good morning to everyone listening online at futurefm.net, qmzradio.com, and janoradio.com. Of course, I have to say good morning to my studio audience, courtesy of Clubhouse. It's Thursday, October 27, 2022. 13 minutes after the top of the hour. It's Retro Thursday, hashtag TBT Throwback Thursday. Music from the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. Thank you for joining me for Coffee and Toll. World News on the go every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern, where I read the news and we share our views. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at me media moments on Instagram, moments underscore with underscore me underscore media. And you can also find me on TikTok, moments with me media. The me and everything is MI. Coming up after this Sanchez hit, Brown Eye Girl, we're going to get into the headlines that we have for you today. Changed up the order of things a little bit, starting off with the Caribbean corner. Just for today. Monday to Wednesday and Friday, we go back to regular, the regular order of things, right? I love my whole life Oh, a girl like you Someone I can give sweet kisses to Brown Thank you for that one, Sanchez. Could listen to your voice all day. we have coming up for you today in the Caribbean corner in Barbados firearms and ammunition found in barrel at port national symbols and emblems of St. Vincent and the Grenadines explained Jamaican sworn in as Cayman's first female chief justice 
Trinidadians charged with exporting firearms from the U.S. to Trinidad. Out of Jamaica, Tufton admits babies died at Victoria Jubilee from resistant bacteria. MP suggests PNP settled Jamaicans on gully banks in riverbeds and landfills. Oberlin devotion ends in chaos following anointed word from teacher. MOE working on protocols for school devotions. On the international scene, Israel, Lebanon signed U.S. brokered maritime border deal. Jinping says China and U.S. must find ways to get along. In news out of North America, rifle used in the St. Louis school shooting had been taken from the gunman days before the attack, police say. Three Florida residents arrested for their alleged involvement in highly sophisticated multi-million meat theft operation. Activists say new video confirms Jaheem McMillan complied with police before being fatally shot. Dra a diver sorry, finds more human remains in Lake Mead, marking at least the sixth discovery this year. The next Powerball drawing will be $800 million, the fifth largest in U.S. history. Second woman says Georgia Republican Senate candidate Herschel Walker paid for abortion. In business and tech news, health insurance premiums at work did not rise in 2022 amid soaring inflation, but the good times will not last. Virgin Australia is giving its passengers a chance to win thousands in a lottery, but they have to enter by getting a middle seat. The seats nobody like. Oh, Royal Caribbean unveils world's largest cruise ship, Icon of the Seas. Health insurance, health insurance premiums. Um, yeah, we spoke. We, I gave the headline for that, so I don't want to double down on that one. In health and science news, FDA recalls might bliss heating pads sold through Amazon and Walmart. Clorox recalls 37 million bottles of pine salt that could contain bacteria. Dry shampoo aerosol products recalled over high levels of cancer-causing chemical. Doctors concerned that worldwide helium shortage could stop hospitals from performing MRIs. Like your lawyer said to do. And believe it or not, stories the world's dirtiest man dies at the age of 94 following his first bath in more than 60 years hence the saying dirt never kill a man yet okay two californians bought barilla pasta thinking it was made in italy now they're suing javette we need a we need to find something to sue about because this is just preposterous in entertainment news xrhoa star kim zoziak beerman's georgia mansion foreclosed after defaulting on a three hundred thousand dollar loan Alyssa Scott announces pregnancy following death of her and Nick Cannon's son. And yes, you don't have to ask. She is pregnant again for Nick Cannon. Uh, 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 at this point, uh, uh, I'm not even going to try to figure these women out. But coming up after the break, we're going to take a quick song break. Here's Trevor Sparks <laughs> with Wings of Love. When we return, we're going to have the details. Keep it locked.
Thank you to everyone tuned in online on futurefm.net, qmzradio.com, janoradio.com. And thank you to everyone tuned in on the FM dial up in the Bronx, Westchester, and Mount Vernon, Future FM 98.9. I will be with you until the top of the hour. I'm Moments With Me. You're listening to Coffee and Toe, World News on the Go. We do this every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern. This is where I read the news and we share our views. It is Retro Thursday, hashtag TBT Throwback Thursday. So you're going to be hearing music from the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. going to go ahead and get started. First up, we're starting off with the Caribbean Corner. And our first story out of Barbados, courtesy of Barbados.LootNews.com. Firearms and ammunition found in barrel at port. Police seized a number of firearms and ammunition from a barrel after conducting a routine search at the Bridgetown port. According to public uh, police public relations, acting inspector Rodney Innes, the search occurred around 11 a.m. on Tuesday, October 25th. A criminal investigation has started and is ongoing at this time, Innes said in a statement. We hop on over to the Cayman Islands. Jamaican sworn in as Cayman's first female chief justice. Jamaican Margaret Ramsey Hale, a judge of the Grand Court of the Cayman Islands, was sworn in as the first female chief justice of the Cayman Islands on Tuesday, October 25th. While this is a first for the Cayman Islands, the prestigious appointment is only one of many achievements for the incoming Chief Justice. Having been the first woman to be appointed to the Supreme Court of the Turks and Caicos Islands, and subsequently the first woman to hold the position as Chief Justice of the Turks and Caicos Islands. Ramsey Hale is the daughter of the late legal giant Ian Ramsey, Queen's Counsel. Accepting her incoming role as Chief Justice of the Cayman Islands, Ramsey Hale had this to say about the outgoing Chief Justice, Sir Anthony Stafford Smelly. I want to express my extraordinary gratitude as well as 
to our current Chief Justice, Sir Anthony, for the tremendous support, mentorship, and friendship he has given me over the last 25 years. As I begin my journey walking beside his enormous footsteps, because I will not try to follow in them, I am grateful that I can continue to count on his support. So congratulations in order for her. Our next story is out of the St. Vincent and Grenadines. St. Vincent and the Grenadines gained full independence from the United Kingdom on October 27, 1979. The Caribbean country, which consists of the main island of St. Vincent and a chain of 32 islands and keys, became the last of the Windward Islands to achieve independence. Like every independent nation, SVG has its national symbols and emblems, which are proudly reflected upon during the anniversary of its independence. So what does it stand for? Okay, the coat of arms of St. Vincent down the Grenadines shows peace and justice. It comprises of the arms, two women dressed in classical peplos, and I hope that's the correct pronunciation, peace and justice. One of the women holds an olive branch, peace, while the other is shown before an altar, justice. Above the shield is a crest with a sprig of cotton plant. The coat of arms bears the motto Pax et Justitia, which and I know I butchered that, right? Hold on. Let me break that up. Justicia or justicia. Who speaks Latin? Who learned Latin? Which in Latin <laughs> means peace and love. The only Latin I know is ora et labore, which is um, pray and work. The motto from my high school. That, that's the only Latin I know, okay? Did you know this was not the first national flag of St. Vincent and the Grenadines upon gaining independence? There were actually two other designs until the final flag was finally adopted. The current national flag was designed by a Swiss graphic artist, Julien van der Waal. The first national flag of SVG was designed in 1979 by Vincentian Elaine Liverpool. The flag had a vertical tricolor with white stripes between the blue, yellow, and green and also featured the 1912 coat of arms. This flag was kept for almost 15 years. Oh, the national flag went through a change with the white fimbriations being removed. I wonder why, though. I liked the old flag. I don't know. The, the new flag is just simple. That's all I've got to say. Really simple. But, hey, um, they do what they please, right? Our next story heads south, Trinidad and Tobago. Trinidadians are charged with exporting firearms from the U.S. to Trinidad. Three people, including two Trinidad and Tobago nationals, have appeared in a court charged with conspiracy to smuggle goods, including firearms and firearm components from the United States to the Caribbean country. U.S. Attorney Roger G. Handberg said U.S. National Edward Solomon King III, 31, as well as Trinidadians Tevin O'Brien Oliver, 29, and Jamil Kai Philip, 30, each face a maximum penalty of five years in federal prison if convicted of the charges. They have been described as members of a Caribbean arms trafficking ring. According to the indictment, Oliver, Philip, and King were part of a ring that unlawfully exported firearms, firearm components, including upper or lower receivers and gun parts kits, also related items from Florida to Trinidad and Tobago between 2019 and 2022. 
Oliver and Philip are both nationals of Trinidad. The firearms, which included pistols and rifles and related equipment, were concealed within boxing fighting equipment, speakers and other household items to avoid detection by law enforcement and custom authorities. Well, nip that in the bud. Good for them. Um, in, for, good for them, meaning serves them right. Thank God it was intercepted. We don't need to be smuggling weapons into islands, not at all. Because all we're doing is turning it on each other. Senseless killings. And we head up to Jamaica for our next few stories. Tufton admits babies died at Victoria Jubilee from resistant bacteria. It appears the Andrew Holness-led government may be facing its own dead baby scandal after Health and Wellness Minister Dr. Christopher Tufton admitted on Wednesday that a number of babies had died at Victoria Jubilee Hospital following an outbreak of resistant bacteria during the summer. According to Nationwide News, Tufton's Health and Wellness Ministry had to turn to the Pan-American Health Organization for help. However, while that was happening and babies were reportedly dying, the public was kept in the dark. Tufton told the radio station on Wednesday evening that a shortage of nurses could have led to the outbreak while disputing the number of babies that died. The insinuation that somehow dozens of babies have died is not the information that I have, he said, but every death is regrettable, regrettable and so it is not an excuse. We have the problem and we have some challenges in dealing with it, but we are. He also disclosed that the ratio of nurses to babies in the neonatal intensive care unit should be one nurse to two babies. The critical nursing shortage facing Jamaica has upended these numbers. We are now at one nurse to seven babies and sometimes more. And it does create a challenge for infection prevention and control. Deaths as a result of resistant bacteria were reportedly recorded in the summer months. Both healthy and sick babies were said to be affected. So too mothers who returned to the hospital for postnatal checkups. As suggested by Tufton, the situation was blamed on a breakdown in infection controls at the Victoria Jubilee Hospital. Despite their best efforts, the staff was reportedly unable to bring the situation under control, resulting in the health ministry turning to PAHO for help. The PAHO team also reportedly visited the Bustamante Hospital for Children. In 2015, a so-called dead baby scandal rocked the then government of Portia Simpson-Miller, resulting in the Minister of Health, Dr. Fenton Ferguson, being relieved of the portfolio and sent to the Ministry of Labor. It was revealed in October that year that 18 preterm babies had died at the University Hospital and Cornwall Regional Hospital following an infectious outbreak caused by the bacteria Klebsiella and Serratia. The cause for Ferguson's head, which he had initially dismissed as being politically motivated, mounted after he suggested that the preterms were not babies in the real sense. This is disturbing. Really disturbing. What's the protocol that they have in place? Is there overcrowding at the hospital? Well, we, un we know that there's a shortage of nurses, and understandably so. Everybody who has the opportunity to leave the country, they're leaving for better opportunities because, 
you know, I know firsthand because I, well, my husband's cousin works as a nurse. And um, the truth is, what you have to put up with, you're not properly compensated for. Right? And so nurses are frustrated, overworked, underpaid, and promises that have not been fulfilled. And I know about those promises firsthand because said person has experienced those promises. They upheld their part of the bargain, (laughs) but the ministry failed to uphold their end. And when people get frustrated, they want to bow out. You can't expect them to put up with any and anything. Hence, you have a shortage. So what are we going to do about it? That's my question to the health ministry. If it happened in 2015, did we not learn from it? Did we not see to it that certain protocols were in place and there, no matter what, staff shortage or not, protocol does not fall by the way? Carelessness. And quite frankly, it could be avoided. Are we having these issues in the private hospitals in Jamaica? No, we're not. Because people are paid good money. So not because, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I do believe Victoria Jubilee charges little or nothing. Am I right? And Victoria Jubilee has been around for so long. Isn't Victoria Jubilee the hospital that, God forbid, something happens that they're not able to address in a private hospital? That's the hospital they have to transfer your child to? Hmm. Good morning. Good morning, Javette. Um, I just wanted to ask you a question. Sure. Did you say in the article that the gentleman said that the babies weren't really babies or something like that? Okay, so let me go. Okay, so the 2015, in the 2015 article, a so-called dead baby scandal rocked. Is it that portion? It was revealed that year that eight that 18 preterm babies had died at the hospital. Okay, let me, that's one part. Let me go back up. That a number of babies occurring. I'm looking through. Okay, let me see here. All right, no problem. Javette, let me read that yeah, part again. Yeah, yeah and, if, I, and if you don't find it, that's, that, that's fine. I thought I heard that. And for him to say that, I just felt that was so insensitive, especially with what we're fighting now in the world regarding um, when is a baby actually considered a baby, a baby. or when is a fe- actually considered, you know, 
okay. a baby. Yeah, so let me go back real quick. I, I'll be happy to read it again. It appears the Andrew Holness-led government may be facing its own dead baby scandal after Health and Wellness Minister Christopher Tufton admitted on Wednesday that a number of babies had died at the Victoria Jubilee Hospital. Okay, according to Nationwide News, Tufton's Health and Wellness Ministry had to turn to the PAHO for help. However, while that was happening and babies were reportedly dying, the public was kept in the dark. The insinuation that somehow dozens of babies have died is not the information that I have, he said, but every death is regrettable and so it is not an excuse. Um, he also disclosed that the ratio of nurses to babies in the neonatal intensive care unit should be one nurse to two babies. The critical nursing shortage facing Jamaica has upended these numbers. We are now at one to seven. That's the ratio, one nurse to seven babies and sometimes more. And it does create a challenge for infection prevention and control. Deaths as a result of resistant bacteria were reportedly recorded in the summer months. Both healthy and sick babies were said to be affected, so two mothers who returned to the hospital for postnatal checkups. As suggested by Tufton, the situation was blamed on a breakdown in infection controls at the uh, Victoria Jubilee Hospital. Despite their best efforts, the staff was reportedly unable to bring the situation under control. The PAHO team also reportedly visited the Bustamante Children for Hospital. In 2015, a so-called dead baby scandal rocked the then government of Portia Simpson-Miller, resulting in the Minister of Health, Dr. Fenton Ferguson, being relieved of the portfolio and sent to the Ministry of Labor. It was revealed in October that year that 18 preterm babies had died at the University Hospital of the West Indies and Cornwall Regional following an infectious outbreak. Uh, the calls for Ferguson's head, which he had initially dismissed as being politically motivated, uh, mounted after, he, you know what, Javette, you heard right, mounted after he suggested that the preterms were not babies in the real sense, and that was back in 2015. Yep, you, you heard so right. Um, <laughs> that, that was very disrespectful Grossly for disrespectful. him to even say that really was yep yeah and and today's landscape javette there's so much confusion because but there shouldn't be any confusion back then though because a preterm is a baby that's delivered. Am I not right? And you put them in an incubator. They have to be in the ICU in an incubator. Am I not right? I'm not really, I don't have real info on that. I know that some can be delivered depending on how many weeks. Virginia has the thumb up. She says yes. So they are delivered, whether C-section or um vaginal delivery they are actually delivered babies so they're just born premature <sighs> they are they're you know what javette now you got me feeling all angry <laughs> but yeah that was a very careless mistake how dare you refer to a preterm as not being a baby in the real sense but my thing is this, 
they they relieved him back in 2015. They relieved Ferguson from the position, but they put him in another um, position, Ministry of Labor. Is that something we agree with, that if you're relieved, you're relieved, period? Why should you be given another portfolio to, to look over, to oversee? Uh, two different jobs, two different careers. I understand where you're going <laughs> with that, but when you lose a job from one place, I guess you do have the option of securing one somewhere else. Some of us, right, Javette? <laughs> yes. It, it, it would be like, take you work in a hospital. It would be like taking a doctor who had malpractice from OBGYN and putting him in cardiology. Same hospital, just a different position. Well, it's the same thing. It was the same government. They just moved him from health to labor. You know what? Ah, what can I say? <laughs> Oh boy. But there's a bigger issue at hand right now. I would like to get information as it relates to the missteps. Detailed information. And I think the public is owed that. The mothers and fathers who lost their young children deserve a detailed report. The mothers who are going to be going there to deliver their children also need to know the details and also need to know that everything has been rectified and is up to standard we can't have these mistakes not in 2022 jamaica minister of health it's carelessness negligence gross negligence if you ask me the victoria jubilee hospital should be a top class hospital because it's been around since i think the 1800s if i'm not mistaken it is the largest maternity hospital in the english-speaking caribbean the largest Let me ask a question. After you have a child at Victoria Jubilee, how long do they keep you there? Provided the child is healthy, how long do they keep you there? Are you sent home in 24 hours like they do here in the States? After 24 hours, get your ass out, got to go, we need the bed. Or do they keep them there for a couple of days? I don't know. For as long as it's not a C-section and mother is okay, baby's okay. Anybody familiar with how the hospital operates? I'm clueless. 24 hours. It's 24 hours at the Victoria Jubilee. Okay. Yeah. Right. And and they're they're actually they're they're actually very good here. Their their problem is lack of um, resources. Okay. Yeah. The the nurse the nurses are good. The the, the doctors are good because 
Um, what, what normally happens in Jamaica sometimes, um, people go to like Andrews, you know, those private hospitals and pay like, you know, like a mortgage to, to, to be able to get the comfort and the private room and everything. And if there's any complications, they, they, they have to uh, move them to, to Jubilee just the same. So you're paying, you're paying, um, back in the days, people were paying like over a hundred thousand dollars and that was years ago. And then they, they whisked them off to, to, um, to Jubilees just the same. And yeah, the, the money that the hundreds of thousands of dollars that they, they pay just, just waste because what they were, they were trying to avoid going downtown or going into an environment where it's not as, as, as private, but because they are, they have the, the best nurses and doctors down there. And, and to some extent, some of the, the equipments. Yeah, but um, lack of resources and it's just a shame because, yeah, it's one of the oldest hospitals um, in the Caribbean. It's, it's actually very good. It's just the, the resources. Like if government, you know, stop, you know, teething up money f for decades now, <laughs> the hospital would have been way better, right? You know, so. And, yeah. and I think it's, 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 it's one of the, the hospitals that could use with... Um, that could use um, private funding too, because I know in North America they do that a lot. They have people that um, pay millions of dollars to get their name on a ward or uh, stuff like that. I know, like, you know, Bonticilla donated like 30 beds or something like that years ago. But I, I believe that more um, business um, people in Jamaica could do the same um, and to keep up the hospital because, you know, first world country is doing it. So I think. You know, it, it shouldn't be a problem for, for people in, in Jamaica to do that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. Thank you, James. More money definitely needs to be poured into the Kingston Public Hospital and the Victoria. Because they're side by side, aren't they? Side by side, if I'm not mistaken. Victoria Jubilee and the um, Kingston Public Hospital. Yeah. They're side by side. Okay. So I'm not yeah, mistaken. I went there once. My, my big daughter was born there, so... Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's the same thing here, though, James. If you have your baby in a private hospital here in the U.S., um, for example, in South Florida, um, if you have your baby at a private hospital and anything happens, they if you're in Fort Lauderdale, they take the child to Broward General because they have um, the equipment right they're more even you know they're it's public but they're way more advanced um so I, I get that and that's what usually happens um so the government just needs to fix the issue but as i said i think it's very important that a detailed report is um published um i don't know if there are going to be lawsuits you know and have they ever had lawsuits presented to them for um, mal, mal, really bad. No, I'm saying mal. Um, for really bad um, situations and outcomes, I don't know, but something needs to happen. Go ahead. Yeah, James. another another thing to moment. I think, I think that the, the staff down there get like a bad rap because, you know, like all the time, like you you hear people talk about how rude like the nurses are and and. 
you know, stuff, behaviors down there. But I think they really get a bad name because that hospital is, I don't know, like God bless the nurses that work down there. Like it's, it's not somewhere for anybody to work because you know, you know where it is. It, it's, 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 it's very close to, I think matches lane, one of those bad areas where downtown. So it's, it's not, it's not necessarily a safe place to go. Right. And the type of people that go there, you know, it's, it's hard. Like the type of people that go there, like I've heard some stuff like women, because when, you know, my daughter, um, when her mom was, was having baby down there and we went down there, you know, they, they have certain guidelines that they go by. You have to, I don't know if they still do it. You have to pack a bag, like, they, they, you have to pack a bag, like, months before or whatever, and they, they give you a list of stuff that you need to take in the, in, in the bag, and, and, and they have certain guidelines that you have to, you have to be, look appropriate, like, coming in and stuff like that. And some of the stuff that some of the women would would wear down there to have to give birth, um, some of the the behavior of, of, of some of the women, some of the women will be cursing. Like you'll be there in one delivery room, and you will hear like expletives, expletives, expletives. You Which know, woman? like on the top woman of, in labor or the that's, nurse? That's 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 having baby. Oh, the, the that's woman giving in labor. birth. Okay. Yeah, and the nurse would and nurses would be like, you can't, you know. We're behaving like that and you know and it, it's hard they, like I, I had an experience once okay like gents, i'm gonna that, have to ask you to wrap it up because time is going and i have to cut off the for future fm all right so. yeah yes yeah yeah so so like like i had experience one of once of bringing like a 14 year old pregnant girl down there so they're dealing with all of these stress so you have to see with them they, they go through a lot down there i understand that but it, I've heard the stories um, of the nurses there, and it's not today. It's been going on for decades. The gross disrespect of women who go there to have children. I've heard the stories. And um, nobody knows the pain a woman is feeling but the woman who is feeling the pain, right? Um, I have my first two children were born. They were born uh, without any epidural right um it's not pretty so even with an epidural number three oh yeah you still feeling it so if a woman wants to curse if that's her way of dealing with the pain let her curse you can't tell her about the pain she's feeling it ain't no joke okay I'm going to just leave that right there. It's the nurse's job to be compassionate. That's what their job is. Regardless of the situation or the circumstances, it is your job to be compassionate. Right? He who feels it knows it. <laughs> Our next story, MP suggests PNP settled Jamaicans on gully banks and riverbeds and landfills. All right, then. A war of words has erupted between the country's two main political parties over where and how the most vulnerable Jamaicans live and who is responsible for their predicament. The latest salvo was fired on Tuesday by Member of Parliament for St. Thomas Eastern, Dr. Michelle Charles. The Jamaica Labour Party member and first-term MP 
who was making her contribution to the state of the constituency debate in the House of Representatives, suggested that the opposition's people's the opposition People's National Party had settled people on gully banks in riverbeds and on landfills. She said in this regard the governing JLP was different from the PNP. Running a country is extremely challenging, but we don't run it the same, said Charles, who is a dentist. The JLP are not the same as the PNP. We're not the same. This government is building a new St. Thomas. This government is building a new Jamaica. This government is building houses for our citizens and not on a gully bank, not in riverbeds, and not in landfills. This Andrew Holness-led government cares for our people. This government is celebrating economic growth and stability. This government is filled with new ideas and new technology, she boasted. Her comments followed what was described an inflammatory statement made on Sunday by her colleague, MP Juliet Holness, who represents St. Andrew East Rural and who is also the wife of Prime Minister Holness. Holness, who was addressing the JLP's Norbrook Divisional Meeting at Constant Spring Primary School in St. Andrew, said, Everywhere in my constituency that is unsafe to live, comrades, PNP supporters, live there. Everywhere in my constituency that is not safe to live, she reiterated, comrades live there. She acknowledged that she was addressing a topic that was uncomfortable, but stressed that anywhere where river going wash where people, a desolate comrade them live. Anywhere that is a garbage dump is desolate comrade them live. And it's not Labour Party put them there. The Deputy Speaker of the House told the Labourites that the places they, PNP, put people to live, they would never live for a minute. They would never want to visit and walk through. She has since been widely criticised on social media and elsewhere for the controversial statements. The PNP has also responded to the comments describing them as reckless partisan and demeaning to the people who are unfortunate enough to live in those circumstances. PNP, PNP General Secretary Dr. Dayton Campbell has described the comments as offensive and repugnant while arguing that many Jamaicans have settled in flood-prone areas out of desperation. The persons who, through no fault of their own, some of the time reside in these locations are not solely supporters of either political party. They are persons who reside in vulnerable areas that are supporters of the PNP. Some are supporters of the JLP and some are supporters of no party. And for one to ascribe political affiliation to that just speaks to how that individual views the person. Campbell said the remarks by wholeness were unbecoming of somebody who occupies such high office in the country and who is in close proximity to the prime minister. He said her comments were a reflection of how she views the people who are led by her husband. <sighs> Juliet, 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 you blundered, you fumbled, you dropped the ball. That was a big no-no. You have to be careful what you say. Understand your position. Understand your role. What you said sounds demeaning to me. We have to understand that we will always have unfortunate people amongst us, but it doesn't mean that you treat them with less respect 
with scant regard. And our words, our choice of words, can make them feel that way. You should, any political leader, whichever party you are representing, should want to go into these communities and see what they need to fix. And so probably that is the reason why certain communities will certain communities will never be repaired so you're aware that they are living in these areas that are not suitable right because of course we know whenever there's flooding heavy rains so on and so forth they are the first ones that are usually affected their homes are washed away so a better approach would have been to highlight the issue it's not time to play the blame game. And this is something about politics I wish we could move away from. Pointing finger. The time we spend pointing finger, remember three, three more pointing back at you, okay? So you highlight the issue. You realize that there are people living on gully banks. You realize that there are people living in riverbeds and living on landfills. Okay. You recognize the issue. You... you Make your statement that it is not the appropriate place for them to live and what you should follow that up with. We are going to do our best to see how we can relocate them by building communities so that we can remove them from these settlements to better living conditions. That's the approach you ought to have. And I do have to take a quick break while I do the wrap-up for FutureFM.net uh, and FutureFM 98.9. I will be right back. Oh, my little darling. Oh, my little baby. Thank you to all our listeners who tuned in to Coffee on Toe or Coffee in Toe <laughs> on FutureFM.net. FutureFM.8.9 in the Bronx, Westchester, and Mount Vernon. This is Moments with Me signing off with you until next week, Thursday, when we meet again at 9 a.m. Eastern. I invite you to continue listening on QMZRadio.com or JohnnoRadio.com. If you'd like to be a part of the conversation, join us on Clubhouse. Download the Clubhouse app. It is available in your Apple and Google Play Store. And when you get on, just search for Coffee in Tow.
thank you to all the listeners listening online on QMZRadio.com, the quality music zone, JanoRadio.com, and everyone here with me on Clubhouse where the conversation happens. I'm Moments with me, and you're listening to Coffee and Toe World News on the go. We do this every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern. This is where I read the news and we share our views. It is Retro Thursday, hashtag TBT Throwback Thursday. We're playing music from the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. Right after this one from Baby Shan, we'll continue with Caribbean Corner. Keep it locked. Thank you so much for your patience, everyone listening online on QMZRadio.com, JanoRadio.com, and everyone here with me on Clubhouse. So back to the article we were talking about, and it's the headline is MP suggests PNP settled Jamaicans on gully banks in riverbeds and landfills. All right. And what has many people upset are the comments made by uh, Juliet Holness, who is the, she is a constituent, um, constituency leader, also the prime minister's wife. And she was addressing the JLP's Norbrook divisional meeting. I don't know why she's having a, addressing a divisional meeting at Nor, in Norbrook. We all know where Norbrook is. At the Constant Spring Primary School in St. Andrew. And every, she said, everywhere in my constituency that is unsafe to live, comrades, supporters live there. Uh, everywhere in my constituency that is not safe. That's where the comrades live. Uh, she acknowledged that she was addressing a topic that was uncomfortable, but stressed that anywhere with River Gowash where people and that's where the comrade them live. And anywhere that is a garbage dump, and that's where the comrade them live. And it's not Labour Party put them there. The Deputy Speaker of the House told Labour Rights that the places they and put people to live they would never live there for a minute they would never want to visit our walk through was that the right way to go about highlighting an issue no i cannot agree with you on this one juliet you have to take people's feelings into consideration understand that the disenfranchised 
they them feel away them feel away about them economic situation them feel away about them living condition you think them happy you think that's how them really want to live no I want to believe that everyone desires to live in decent conditions. Everybody not asking for big house because big house have expense. Big house have its problem. But everybody wants to be proud of where they live. And as I was saying before we went to break, the right approach would have been to highlight the recognized issue it's not a time to point fingers and talk about whether it's labor put them there or or the comrades put them there or um, is comrades alone live there. That's not what we want to talk about. No, what we want to talk about is the fact there are human beings, citizens of Jamaica, living in conditions that they should not be living in. And we are going to take on the task to see to it that we address that situation. We are going to see to it that we identify government land that we can use and slowly but surely convert into communities for these people so that we can remove them from the gully banks, remove them from the landfills, and remove them from the riverbeds. That is what the approach should have been. That is what the comment should have been. That is what you do as a leader and show that you care about the people. You can live in your big house up at Beverly Hills, you know. But remember, big house crumbled too. Big house crumbled too. Don't forget that. Go right ahead, Fabian. Good morning. Moments. I need a, I need a moment here myself. <laughs> <laughs> Take a uh, moment. I need a couple moments. I need a cup of coffee. I need a time out because I cannot believe the level of, uh, I call it being tone deaf, for somebody that is the Prime Minister's wife, um, even if she did not hold office, but to come across as lacking compassion and sensitivity and uh, to politicize this. I get the political game, but as you so eloquently stated, these are our brothers and sisters living in these places. If not for one or two or maybe three circumstances in life, uh, Anybody could be living there. Let us never forget that. Thanks. By the grace of God, we are where we are right now, including this room. But those are our brothers and sisters, same way, as you said, they did not choose to live there. They happen to live there. Hopefully, it's a temporary place. But just this level of, as I said, just insensitivity is, is disappointing. It's disappointing because you know better. She knows better. And if this is how we look at, look down at people because of their temporary conditions, then we need to make way for those who are going to roll up their sleeves and do the job assigned to them. If this is over your head and, you, and, it, and, and it becomes too political and it's about GLP and PNP, 
then you need to make way for somebody that just cares about what? Human beings first. That's all I have. Thank you, Moments. Thank you very much, Fabian. Exactly. You cannot allow politics to shape your character. So, so the question that lends itself right now is, is this how you have always felt about the less fortunate? Was she born with a gold spoon in her mouth? And even if you are, you can't be heartless. You don't have to grow up in a situation to recognize a situation and realize that something is off and something needs to be done. And we who are more fortunate, if we can come together and help one, one cocoa full basket, that should be our task at hand. You can't be so high up in the sky that you allow the clouds to block your vision below. Because rain must fall one day. And rain comes out of those said clouds. Be sensitive. You have to be sensitive. Born and raised in St. Catherine, Jamaica. What part of St. Catherine, Jamaica? Don't matter. It really don't matter. What matters is what you say, the words you use. So I'm going to ask you this, Julia Holness. What do you plan to do about it? Plain and simple. How do you plan to resolve the issue? What recommendations are you going to present in Parliament? So that, so that the residents of the gully banks, the riverbeds, and the landfills can be moved. I want to hear your recommendations. I, I mean, come on now. But that's what we do, right? As humans, we like to find fault we like to blame people but how about the first thing we do is stop using the disenfranchised as political pawns and do something for them in a matter of them at jlpr pnp party affiliation it doesn't matter they're human beings first Shame on you, Juliet. Fix the issue. Oberlin devotion ends in chaos following anointed word from teacher. Story courtesy of Nationwide Radio, JM.com. A regular devotional exercise for students and staff at Oberlin High in uh, St. Andrew erupted in an unusual event with students kicking, screaming, and fainting on Wednesday morning. According to the school's administration, some students were overpowered by the anointing. This after a teacher spoke to them. The acting principal, Antoinette Gray, says the teacher indicated previously that she had a word for the student population. 
Videos of the incident have been circulating on social media. The full extent of what transpired at the institution is still being questioned. The Ministry of Education is expected to carry out an investigation. Our news team understands that support is being provided to the school community. In the videos, students can be seen lying on the ground and acting in an abnormal manner, kicking and screaming. Some had their eyes closed and were also making unusual sounds. Other students appeared emotionless on the ground. Member of Parliament for St. Andrew West Rural, Juliet Cuthbert Flynn, who visited the institution, says she has never witnessed such an abnormal behavior at a school. But the acting principal subsequently issued a statement. It is unclear if classes will resume today at the institution. I'm called out getting a spirit. Sounds as though, but when I saw the video, it looks as though that, that, that is what it is. But in the meantime, the Ministry of Education working on protocols for school devotions. The Ministry of Education and Youth has launched an investigation to help determine the protocols for school devotions following Wednesday's incident at Oberlin High. Classes were dismissed early at the St. Andrew-based institution on Wednesday following a religious exercise during which students fell to the ground screaming. While we encourage devotion in school, our school leaders have a responsibility to exercise caution as to content and likely impact on students as evidenced by the reaction of students at Oberlin High School this morning. Minister of Education and Youth Favel Williams said in a statement to the media. The administration at Oberlin High reported that during the devotional exercise, a teacher who was leading the worship was speaking in tongues. What did I say? Get in a spirit. Which triggered a chain reaction of similar expression among some students. Some students had to be taken to the school nurse's office. The education ministry said after the devotions, students were sent to classes. But some stated that they were afraid because of what happened earlier, and others showed what was described as abnormal behavior. The administration then took the decision to dismiss, dismiss school at 10 a.m. What I don't want is for them to come to the decision to remove um, devotion from schools. I don't want them to do that. And I guess I am of that train of thought because uh, every school I went to, we had devotion, right? Um, Not everybody goes to church. Um. Not everybody has the opportunity to go to church, depending on the home they're in. Now, from Servite Prep, yep, devotion. Uh, When it became a primary school, yep, devotion continued. Going to school here in the U.S., there was devotion, because it was a Catholic school, there was a devotion. Going to high school in Jamaica, devotion. So there has been devotion every step of the way for me as far as school is concerned. I've never seen anything like this. What I'm accustomed to is um, prayer and singing. Reading uh, scripture, but never um, a sermon, so to speak. Um, The first time I witnessed someone speaking in tongues i mean besides you see it on tv right the first time i witnessed someone speaking in tongues i was an adult 
I went to a Baptist church in Atlanta. That was my first time. The first time ever seeing people fall out in person in my eyesight was at the said Baptist church. So I understand how some students would feel uncomfortable and view it as abnormal behavior because it was my first time being exposed to it. I was like, okay, what the heck is going on here? And I would see people running up and down. I'm like, okay, all right. Um, if you're not accustomed to something, it's going to be uncomfortable for you. So I understand the students who would not want to continue with school for the day because they were afraid that that would happen to them too. But the teacher who led the that segment of the devotion, I agree, needs to be a little careful, I would say. A little careful. Yeah. Anyway. That, that's but what happened? Huh? What you said, Ward? But, but what exactly happened to the, the students? I'm going to say they're getting a spirit. You I know, like and they the... fall out on the ground. <laughs> some of them not moving. Some of them screaming and carrying on. The things you would see happen in um, mm. some churches. Yeah. There's some people who feel, yes, there's some people who feel, you know, if you're not worshiping like that, you're not God, not in you are, you're not blessed, or you're not. Yeah, there are people who feel that you have to fall out and run up and down and speak in tongues. Yeah, you'd be surprised. There are people who feel that if you, if you can't speak in tongues, God is not in you. And, and it's such a shame. I don't know because the Bible doesn't say that. I don't know where they got that from, but go right ahead, James. Hold on, James. Hold on. Javet, I think it was Javet, then James, then Fabian. Go right ahead. So I grew up in Anglican Church. Me too. And even to this day, whenever I'm around someone that speaks in tongues, I believe that's the devil. I always thought whoever speaks in tongues is the devil. <laughs> and I've been in church where people run up and down and you go to the preacher and the preacher got to tap you in your head and supposedly you're supposed to fall out and all of that stuff. And I, I do believe that some people really feel God in a way that they do. But I think most of that is fake. I, and that's just me. That's me too. But if anyone that speaks in tongues, I don't like being near them. I don't like being around them. Honestly, I always feel that's the devil. I don't feel it's the I devil. I yield. Yeah. I, so, Javed, for me, I don't feel it's the devil, but I do believe some of them are fake, right? But anyway, go ahead, um, James. Go right ahead. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Like, that, that, you know, what happened at the school, that just sound, like, demonic. Because from my understanding of, um, you know, the... the whole idea of speaking in tongues is it's like a gift and it's something that you have to you have to desire like you, you don't just get up and start speaking in tongue and and start um doing all those stuff like for someone that that's not religious or that's not from a certain um religious group so for like random kids to just start um some something like that starts happening to them that would scare them that 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 that's not normal yeah for any so for anyone who speaks in a tongue hold on a second so i pulled this up on google oh my gosh i lost it but i'm gonna have to try and find it again uh i think fabian you were gonna say speak right you're gonna say something fabian yeah 
you know, one thing about Jamaica that I do like is uh, we do not overreact a lot. I think in this country, if we see isolated incidents right away, everybody in a panic, them change the whole thing. And um, one thing that I'm glad that we still do have in Jamaica is uh, worship, you know, before uh, school closes, uh, school starts. Uh, that's one thing I'm glad that... Uh, is still there and i do think that it does uh help our young people and <laughs> if you remember when it took it out of uh, the schools here i think that uh, kind of ties into where we are right now in terms of a lot of bad things that has happened but um i, I don't think they're going to react overreact but i do think that um maybe these schools should submit uh to whatever governing body is there as far as what their program looks like. And, um, you know, just so that everybody's kind of on, on, the, on the same page as far as uh, what's happening at each respective school. That's all I have. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Okay. So I jumped onto Google. I jumped onto Google here. And what does it mean when someone is speaking in tongues? Speaking in tongues, also referred to as a gift of tongues or glossolalia, is a phenomenon that occurs when a person experiencing religious ecstasy or a trance utters incomprehensible sounds that they believe are a language spoken through them by a god or deity. Um, then I, another article says, uh, the word tongues is found 34 times in the Old and New Testament of the Bible. The I'm looking for something again. How do you receive the gift of speaking in tongues? When you receive the gift, when you are seeking guidance from the Lord, intercede in tongues and then listen to what the Spirit seems to be saying. Try singing in the Spirit, letting the Lord supply the melody as well as the words. Ask the Lord to give you the interpretation of what you're praying in tongues. So can speaking in tongues be faked? Uh, yes. 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 Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Rosolo. Yes. Um, so, as you know, I'm an Am Am Anglican as well. Yes, we <laughs> and <Anglican>. so <laughs> we Anglican over here. Um, so, growing up, when I would see someone speaking, especially this is when I started when I went to college in Macon, and the first time I went to Sunday service and I saw it, and it was uncomfortable. To Javed's point, I thought you know something evil is happening. However, um. As I've grown up over the years and I've met people and spoken with people, I have met, I've been privileged to met, meet a person who does speak in tongues. Um, it's not, <laughs> she, she actually does not go to um, uh, her, her church anymore because she doesn't believe in how they preach. And I won't mention the, the gentleman's name who wanted the jet or anything, that church. Yes. Um, but, <laughs> but. So now I don't, I, I, I take it differently. I look at it differently and I'm more appreciative of it because I don't feel that it's demonic. I don't feel that anymore. I feel that there are pe certain people to James's point that have a gift and um, they use their gift accordingly. It's when people read what you just read and take advantage of it and just start singing and carrying on. Every 10 people in the church can't be anointed with the same gift. That's, it just can't happen like that. There are certain people that have the gift. There's a reason that there is the gift, <laughs> you know? So when you see the half the church jump up and start running around, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but I'm Anglican, so that's how I view it. When yep. you see certain people running around and, and, and doing that, um, it does make you, you know, take take certain things and look at it and say, well, what's going on? And it does frighten us or take us back. 
those that are Anglican or from a different religion. Yeah. My friend does not do all of that. When she's praying and she speaks in tongues, it's just that she's praying, she'll speak in tongues, she'll see a vision, so she'll speak directly to you, and she keeps it moving on. There's no jumping and dancing or any of that. So I just need to say that. So my perspective has changed where I've gone from, <laughs> I've, gone to, I've, I've grown to appreciate um, their religion a little bit more and spirituality a little bit more, understand that there are people with the gift. So I, I agree with James. All right. So I'm going to read something, Rosolo, um, to answer or to back up what Tasha has put in the chat. So before I read it, my ex <laughs> I, have to, I have to share this experience, Tasha, kind of similar. So I went to a church in a plaza. Um, it was an evening service here in Fort Lauderdale. Well, up in Fort Lauderdale, right? Went. So everybody's going up for blessing, you know, the pastor touching them on their hand. No, I grew up Anglican as well, or what they call Episcopalian here in the U.S. So I noticed that he's touching the people on their foreheads and they're falling back and people catch it. I'm like, oh, Jesus, no, not me. Mm -mm, not not going. Mm -mm, nobody now. Mm -mm. Nope, nope, nope. So he, I go up in the line, right, and he touches my forehead, and I'm still standing, and he touches my forehead again. And this time he's pushing it a little harder, and I'm still standing. And <laughs> he pushes it one more time. I was like, what the heck are you trying to do? Knock me out. And I'm like, something wrong with me? So I'm convinced that some people pretend with this falling old flat underground thing. I really believe people pretend. And one thing you must not do is mock God. Mm. Never you mock God. For, I agree. First Corinthians 12 verses 29 to 30 talks about what the Bible specifically teaches. That this, when it comes to tongues, not everyone is given the gift of tongues. And that is why it is dangerous to teach that tongues are the only signifying proof of the work of God's spirit in a person's life. And I want a lot of these churches who are making people feel as if you're not fall down upon the ground and roll and carry on like you're crazy that the spirit of God is not in you. No need to stop it. The Bible says not everyone is given the gift of tongues. And I, I'm done. Um, hi, morning. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, O'Neill. Good morning. Yeah, so Oberlin happens to be my alma mater. Um, what is, what is really, I mean, somebody sent that video yesterday early mm -hmm. in the day before it even got into the news, a, a past student. Um, I think I've been reading some of the news clippings, um, but just asking. For is it is are they what are they ascribing all of this to at this moment officially? Because I mean, that's the reason why I ask what happened. It's a good question. You phrase it better. <laughs> no, because because I mean, I see the video. I see kids all over the floor. I've been reading a lot of stuff in the in the media. I mean, I've heard commentary from self-proclaimed atheist that says the kids were acting and they didn't want to go back to class. Yeah, I mean, I mean I've seen different perspectives from different people all over social media. Um, 
as it and I joined the room and I heard a conversation about tongues and speaking in tongues. Um, I just say this. This is my personal opinion. Um, not speaking on this matter in full because I don't know exactly what happened here, but as it relates to religion and the tongue, um, as it relates to, I believe there's a spiritual realm. And I do believe that is evil and good in that spiritual realm. Um, that's my personal belief. Um, and I said that because I've seen or heard in different various ways, you know, stories, you know, have you heard about demons, you've heard about, um, I mean, live growing up in Jamaica, there's also a huge, um, what's the word? There's all the speculation of what is what is obia, what is not obia, what is spiritual, what is good, what is bad. Um, there are several things on that spectrum in terms of even religious and church. You have different churches with different. Uh, I believe that there are different churches that are on the spectrum, and and <laughs> you know I I personally keep away from things that I don't understand, so. The pastor man that died, that the slashing of the throat in Montego Bay, was that early this year or early or, or last year? I think it was last year. Right. Um, there's there was all that conversation of demonic power and spiritual power and bullet missing him, and so we have we have always been in this. To me, this nexus in Jamaica of trying to understand the spiritual realm and what exists in that realm. Right, the kids today in Jamaica, whether it's we're talking about scamming and crime and 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 and, and God ring and vegetable oil and olive oil and all of these different realms, right? And um, so what 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 I've read about what happened at Oberlin, a teacher decided to pray mm. and speaking to. And then kids are stopped. It, it's it's weird. I can't see if kids are fainting and falling sick after some level of prayer. If I'm going to become, if I'm going to go religious, th there's no way that that can just be a good spirit. So if it's a spirit, <laughs> it has to be some spirit that is out of that is supernatural or how to do harm. Um, I don't know that, and I don't want to speak to it because I don't know, but I don't know that you can, how do you become possessed by something? Um, I guess it comes down to the individual, right? <laughs> but this 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 whole scenario also, and I, I heard what Fabian talked about, the, the the school system. I, I think I think in schools because there are different kind of schools. Oberlin is a protect which is a, is a Christian is school. Okay. It's a Christian school, meaning it's it's owned by a church. Right. Uh, I think it's uh, is it a Methodist or I think it's a Methodist church, one of them kind of Methodist church system. I mean the land and everything and the, the, there's a church right. called Oberlin church over the side and they're connected to a whole international church network but there's there's catholic schools there is methodist schools there's baptist schools right um there are some schools that does not 
that don't practice any form of religion rituals, meaning there are some schools they can't pray there. Or, I mean, Jamaica is a, you know, I don't know there is in school you don't pray in, but uh, as we know, most of the schools in Jamaica, whether it's Immaculate or it's Holy Childhood or it's St. Andrew High, they're either linked to an Anglican church or a Catholic church or a Methodist church or a Baptist church or some form of, there's, most of them have some form of religion, religious ownership or or stuff. Um, I really do find what happened there very strange. And I'm, I'm still doing some research to find out what happened at the end game. But as it relates to what Tasha says on the channel, and before I shut up, um, I grew up, so let me just say this, I grew up in, I think I was lucky enough to grow up in two worlds. Our grandmother was an evangelist and her father was a pastor, her uncle that was a pastor, he was, and they were part of the Pentecostal church where they believed in speaking in tongues and all that kind of stuff. And I had a father who was a Rastaman, you know. He's about African, Pan-Africanism and black and, and stuff like that. So I, I remember as a teenager when they talk about getting filled with the Holy Ghost. I wasn't filled with no Holy Ghost. But... I mean, I, I used to go to church, and them used to you go up there, and them trying to tell you what you know. You must tarry, and you must call the name of Jesus until your tongue twist up and tie up. You know, um, they call it tarrying, right? Um, I've seen people fall on the ground. I've seen people fake it. I've seen people um, so they get up. I've had people who tell me that they had an experience that they went into a state where they're seeing a bright light and, and God and all sorts of stuff. So I'm not here to condemn it. I'm just saying it is, to me, it's a, it is still a unknown realm that people have to, I'm very careful with what I expose myself to and what places I put myself into. And I think people need to be very careful. The good thing, I mean, at age 16, I stopped going to church because um, I saw some of the people who say they're holier than thou <laughs> uh, are the biggest hypocrites. Uh, I'm, I'm in straight, biggest hypocrites. Um, I've, I've seen people who are leading, and it happens in any church. You know, I, I see one church. of the biggest prayer warrior who's speaking in tongues every day upon the restroom get pregnant and not married. You know, I, hold I, on, I why are you so watching much. Wayne Marshall's video? <laughs> <laughs> right. No, but this is reality. I lived and I saw all of that. And then I had a father who taught me about blackness and Pan African. So, I mean, I had the opportunity to see that realm, to look at the other realms. And, and consciously, I become non religious because I believe that every single religion I know have some good, some good practices. Mm -hmm. Most religion talks about love and peace. Most, if not all. And um, but there are also religion like you know, not knocking the Muslims, but they practice, for example, Sharia law, where the eye for an eye, and I'm still chopping off people's hand, and I'm still jailing people for getting pregnant if you're not married, and 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 that world is not perfect, you know. I mean, there are females who choose to. 
give up other sexual parts of their bodies to, to, to keep their virginities just in order not to go to jail and prison in those worlds. So, the, 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 again, let's land by saying, I hope they get to the bottom of what happened at Oberlin. And I'll just say to everybody, if you're going to read the Bible, the same Bible tells you that you have to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. So have your own relationship with God. And be careful how you listen to another man, because he's flesh and blood like you and me. Mm-hmm. And take inspiration from man about how you should live your life. And I'll land right there. Thank you, O'Neill. And i got to keep it moving. Thank you so much, everyone. And I will just say this. Ask for the gift of discernment. You will receive it. Because not everybody that roll and preach, <laughs> rolling and preaching. And I'm going to just leave that right there. All right. So got to take a quick break. Here's a little Ernie Smith for us to take us way back down memory lane. When we return, we have details of stories out of North America. If every pretty girl was wonderful, what a girl, what a girl that would be. Strong man was one man. What a man, what a man that would be. And if I could have just one dream, one single dream come true, I would wish with all my heart I was that strong, strong man. Single night was one night. What a night, what a night that would be. And if I could have just one dream, one single dream come true, I would wish with all my heart just for that one night. Thank you to all the listeners logged on to the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com. And thank you to everyone listening online on JanoRadio.com. Of course, a huge thank you to everyone here with me on Clubhouse. This is where the conversation happens. I'm Moments With Me, and you're listening to Coffee in Tow, World News on the Go. We do this every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern, where I read the news and we share our views. It is Retro Thursday, hashtag TBT Throwback Thursday. We're playing music from the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s and taking it back even a little further. Coming up right after this one, it is details of stories out of North America. You're listening to Ernie Smith, One Dream. And first up, as a matter of fact, before we even get to North America, we got to go to the international scene real quick here. Uh, Israel, Lebanon, sign U.S. brokered maritime border deal. Story courtesy of AlJazeera.com. Israel and Lebanon have officially approved 
a historic United States brokered agreement, laying out their maritime boundary for the first time, which opens up the possibility for both countries to conduct offshore energy exploration. Lebanon's President Michel Aoun signed a letter at the Presidential Palace on Thursday morning today that will be submitted to U.S. officials at Lebanon's southernmost border point later on in the day. Top Lebanese negotiators said the deal, which ends a long-running maritime border dispute in the gas-rich Mediterranean Sea, marked the beginning of a new era. Israel's government also ratified the agreement this morning. A statement from the prime minister's office was said, uh, detailing, sorry, Lapid said the deal was a political achievement for Tel Aviv as it is not every day that an enemy state recognizes the state of Israel in a written agreement in front of the entire international community. The agreement comes after months of indirect talks mediated by Amos Hartstein, the U.S. envoy for energy affairs. The two countries have no diplomatic relations and have formally been at war since Israel's creation in 1948. Beirut has sought to avoid framing the agreement as normalization with Israel, insisting that another annex scheduled to be signed by both sides at the UNIFIL headquarters in Nakora later on today be signed in separate rooms. The deal is expected to come into force later after U.S. representatives at the United Nations Peacekeeping Mission officially announced its approval by both sides. Next on the international scene, Jinping says China and U.S. must find ways to get along. President Jinping says China and the United States must find ways to get along to safeguard world peace and development, state media reported. The Chinese leader's conciliatory words follow after months of tension between Washington and Beijing over what the U.S. views as China's increasingly aggressive stance towards Taiwan and Beijing's Beijing's refusal to condemn Russia's war in Ukraine. Jinping, who secured a third term as Chinese leader on Sunday, has rebuked what he termed foreign interference in Taiwan and said China would never renounce the right to use force to unite the island with the mainland. The world today is neither peaceful nor tranquil, Jinping wrote in a congratulatory letter to the annual gala of the National Committee on U.S.-China Relations. This is according to Chinese state broadcaster CCTV. As major powers, strengthening communication and cooperation between China and the U.S. will help to increase global stability and certainty and promote world peace and development, Jinping said. Jinping added that China was willing to work with the U.S. to give mutual respect, coexist peacefully, and find ways to get along in the new era. Uh, Yeah. You would think that they would want to get along when 99.99% of what we consume or use here in the U.S. is made in China. Not so much, not really 99.9%, but probably 90%. From a pin to an anchor. You got to wait. for. Oh, it's on the ship coming from China. It's coming from China, made in China. Check your labels, made in China, 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 China. So if we're relying on them for so much of our products why not have a good relationship with them isn't not possible for them to probably get get up one day and say you know what i'm sick of y'all i'm gonna just jeopardize everything i send over there 
mutual respect, yes, and coexist peacefully. Come on. Y'all are grown-ups. Act like it. Stop the foolishness. And now for stories out of the United States or North America. Rifle used in the uh, St. Louis school shooting had been taken from the gunman days before the attack, police are saying. This story is courtesy of CNN via WSVN. The AR-15-style rifle used in the deadly St. Louis school shooting had been taken from the shooter's possession during a domestic disturbance just days before the attack, and it's unclear how he got it, police say. The gunman, 19-year-old Orlando Harris, as we remember, opened fire on Monday, killing a student and a teacher and wounding several others. Before the shooting, his family had contacted St. Louis police to have a firearm taken away from him. That's according to St. Louis Police Commissioner Michael Sachs. Uh, the mother at the time wanted it out of the house. Police responded to a domestic disturbance at the family's home on October 15, just nine days before Monday's shooting, according to a Wednesday night police statement. Officers responded and determined at that time the suspect was lawfully permitted to possess the firearm. A third party known to the family was contacted and took possession of the firearm so it would no longer be stored in the home. Police on Wednesday night confirmed that the gun removed from the home that day was the rifle that was used in the school shooting. How he acquired it after that, we don't know and we're looking into that. The firearm has a serial number on it, and the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives is working to trace it. The teen's family had been concerned about him. In addition to trying to, in addition to, trying to have the firearm taken away, they also had him stay at a mental health institution, searched his room, tracked what he got in the mail, and tried to make sure he was engaging with people and felt loved. The mo they made every effort that they felt that they reasonably could. And I think that's why the mother is so heartbroken over the families that paid for his episode. The shooting left the building riddled with bullets and turned an ordinary Monday at the school into one where frightened students and teachers locked their doors, huddled in corners and jumped out of windows to save their lives as a sound of gunshots echoed through their hallways. After the attack, FBI investigators found a letter and a notebook in the car Harris used to drive to the school. The school was the target. There was a disconnect between him and what he felt was the other school community. He felt isolated and alone. Hmm. Um, what, are, what is the Senate planning to do about the these high-powered rifles because it doesn't matter the age nine nineteen thirty fifty do we need high-powered weapons on the streets no no we don't and yesterday Javette asked a very poignant question where did he get 600 rounds of ammunition from? That's yet to be answered. We're still waiting for that answer. Did he accumulate them over time? And how long did he own this weapon for? And how did he get the weapon back? Because if the weapon was to be stored at a relative's home, 
was removed and to be stored at a relative's home. The relative who took the gun, did they lock it away? Or was it that he was able to have easy access to go and retrieve it? So we still have some unanswered questions. Quite a few too. But has the White House issued any statement on this? Has anybody? I don't know. I, I really don't know. At this point, all I want to know is what they plan to do because school shootings seem to be a way of life in this country. Seems to be the go-to. Ah, I am lonely. I'm depressed. I'm angry with somebody. Somebody disrespected me. Blase, 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 blase. Let me go straight up a school. It's as though, you know what? They're crying out for attention. They got the attention, but we plan to do nothing about it so that it doesn't happen again. That's it. They sit there up in Washington, not moved. Because you sign a deal with the devil, a.k.a. the National Rifle Association. They fund you so much. That how dare you want to um, change the policies that will affect them. You care more about that. Or is it you care more about your investment in firearms and ammunition? Oh, that could be it. That's more important to you. Your ROI. Who cares if they shoot up the children? They're not shooting up my children. That's how we're feeling. Well, that's how I feel. Because it's not happening to you and you're behind your gates, you're not affected, so you don't care. We need to make sure they care. And you can do that by going to the polls. Three Florida residents arrested for their alleged involvement in highly sophisticated multi-million meat theft operation. Story courtesy of Baller Alert. On Tuesday, the U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement announced the arrests that were part of a multi-million dollar meat theft ring, which hit several Midwest states, including Wisconsin, Minnesota, Nebraska, and more. So far, three people, all from Miami, have been arrested, and they are now facing charges, including money laundering and stolen goods. They were identified as 38-year-old Yoslani Levia Del Sol, 37-year-old Lydia Machine Andino, and 39-year-old Delvis Fuentes. After several semi-trailers and shipments of frozen beef were stolen, authorities from the Lancaster County Sheriff's Office launched an investigation, CBS News reports. There were a total of 45 thefts coming out to $9 million in stolen potential revenue. The investigation led by the Lancaster County Sheriff's Office and HSI, Omaha's Major Crimes Task Force, determined that a Miami-based, highly sophisticated, organized criminal enterprise targeted beef and pork packing plants in Nebraska, Iowa, Minnesota, South and North Dakota, and Wisconsin. That's what I said in a release. So I didn't know there was money like that in meat. Wow. 
nine million dollars in stolen potential revenue hmm why would one steal meat though I'm, I'm just trying to figure that part out well they had a market i'm sure they did were they exporting were they trading locally hmm who remembers this guy? He was very popular on um, Instagram. Oh my gosh, he had, he has many restaurants around the world, and there's one here in Brickell in Miami, and I think it's what it's ridiculous the price. And he Salt Bay, that's his name. Whatever happened to him? Is he still around? Are his restaurants still open? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The gold covered steaks he doesn't talk you know he doesn't have much education right but he's very smart yep uh what's his name and oh my god salt bay let, let me look him up you, you follow him on ig his meats are so expensive uh, uh oh yeah he's still on instagram okay 48.8 million followers. Wow. Is he from Turkey? I think he is Tur Turkish descent. Um, yeah. Huh. Okay. Anybody here ever at, at any of his restaurants? I think he dropped out of school, elementary school. And worked in the meat shop his dad worked at, if I remember the story about him. And worked his way. The steak is too expensive, people say. I know people have racked up bills for a hamburger. It was like $800 for a hamburger, something to that effect. I was like, uh? <laughs> $800. No, baby. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Mm -mm. does that stay i mean when you eat something so expensive does that stay in your system for a very long time and you don't have to worry about eating meat for a while because you're getting all the protein you need for a good six months at least a year probably you know your red blood cells are fully replenished you shouldn't have any anemia issues i'm just wondering what are the health benefits from eating such expensive steak? I don't know. You're talking about the Wagyu meat? W-A-G-U? Oh, thank you for teaching me that one. Okay, now I got to look that up. Talk to me about... W-A-G-U, Wagyu. Wagyu. I, 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 it's like specially bred cows or whatever. I, that's, that beef I know is like very expensive. Okay, so I pulled it up, Javet. Wagyu, W-A-G-Y-U, is one is any of the four Japanese breeds of beef cattle. In several areas of Japan, the Wagyu beef is shipped carrying area names. Some examples are Matsusaka, Kobe, Yonizawe, and Mishima, Omi, and Sanda. So these are Japanese. Okay, so Jamaicans, let's get creative here. Can we um, come up with some names for Jamaican beef and ship it 
worldwide and charge a mortgage for the beef? So someone asked, why is it so expensive? And is it worth the price? If you've ever seen Wagyu steak or more likely Wagyu sliders on the menu at an upscale steakhouse, chances are it was one of the most, if not the most expensive food items at the restaurant. As much as Wagyu beef has a reputation of being the best steak you'll ever eat, it is also known for costing an arm and a leg. According to Insider, grade A certified Wagyu raised in Japan can cost upwards of $200 per pound. And the individual cows that produce them are worth $30,000 at auction, or 40 times that of a typical cow sold in the U.S. So what exactly is Wagyu beef? When you buy beef, there are plenty of options. There are different cuts like chuck, sirloin, and round. But Wagyu isn't just a different section of the cow. The meat comes from an entirely different breed of cattle, one that is native to Japan. According to the American Wagyu Association, there are four major breeds that are used for the Wagyu production. Japanese black, Japanese brown, Japanese polled, and Japanese short. And don't we have polled cow in Jamaica? And don't we have some black cow in Jamaica? Let me tell us something. Miss opportunity, yes, sir. No, miss is some serious <laughs> opportunity. Can we use, no, I'm not lying. My father, we used to raise um the red pole cows. So... And the meat did really good. So I mean, I understand why the Japanese ones so are expensive. I think, I think um, there's two things. Um, we do have, I think the red pole, I don't know what to tell you, but I think, I think we do have species of cattle that's unique to Jamaica. Um, but remember, everything comes down to marketing and branding and also what you call geographical indication. So, I'm sure that the Japanese have bred these cows and they have also trademarked and registered the the process, both the the species of cattle and the process in how they prepare the meat. Um, um, and we could do the same. No, it, it's just like champagne in France. Like, there's, there's little difference between, sorry, and I don't want to blaspheme, but there's a little difference between champagne and prosecco in terms of the process and the kind of soil. Because what, what the Italian did was look at what the same farmers that used to farm grapes in France, some of them went to Italy and they used the same process and made prosecco. But they couldn't call it champagne because it's not from France. Um, so as, uh, to your point, I'm just saying we would have to go to that process of one Registering the species, trade marketing, doing a geographical indication that the meat comes authentically from Jamaica, from a specific cow, and um, also maybe copyright the process of how to prepare it, or just like jerk, or even our Blue Mountain coffee. But as Jamaicans, we do nothing. May have a vision. May have a vision on you. <laughs> no, Rosola, you remember we used to have cows, right? So my dad would talk to his cows. Yes, he would go out there and talk to his cows. He made sure the cows were um, tick-free, fly-free, them get them bath once a week. They were, um, so we, have a, we had a lot of orange trees. Um, and the oranges, they would get these oranges that were super sweet. He would go out there, you know, with a bucket full of oranges and cut them up for the cows. No, 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 he would not just give it to the cows whole. Oh no, he would stand up out there and 
cut the oranges in four and feed the cows the, the, the oranges, right? Fresh off the tree or just dropped off the tree. Um, grass, he would go different places and get the grass, these long shafts of grass, way up, probably about 10 feet tall. So they were specially bred. So why we never did I make their money? Yeah? No, man, me need to go back to Jamaica, not now going to foreign, yeah. I need to go back because what if these people in Japan are playing <laughs> a marketing game with y'all? Making you think it's all that when it's really not. I'm just wondering. No, I see opportunity. Can the farmers in Jamaica, those who own cattle, please step up and... Um, what you say, O'Neill, trademark? Yeah, so they have to do a... There's a couple of stuff. So you, you'd have to um, trademark the name. So if mm -hmm. it's Red Pole, mm -hmm. whatever, what are you going to call the name? Okay, I'm writing um, down the steps. Trade pole, okay, so my trademark. Okay, next. Right. You'd have to um, also, whatever whatever special elements that you're claiming mm -hmm. that the meat has, um, that, that, that process would have to be registered. Um, and you'll also do what is called a geographical indication, which right. means okay. that beef only comes from a particular place in Jamaica or uh, from Jamaica. But, Reared, but hold on, is that information going to be public, O'Neill? Because we know Jamaicans, the next thing now, then back up the juicy beef truck and my cow gone. Me not, you know that. It turns out. No, I mean, if you, have a if you have a geographical indication, yes, it's published information. Um, yeah. I mean, them stealing cows in Jamaica are irrespective. But but with every business, you have to put in security measures. So if you can grow, for for example, goat meat in Jamaica is the most. We don't know curry goat, but in the last two, three, four years, um, goat meat has become extremely expensive in Jamaica, and it's the biggest. It, there's a criminal element around. Um, stealing and killing goats and that all came from um, an increase one the, the increase um, demand for the meat but also because a lot of people have gone into goat farming when we have Damon Crawford and all them and I mean like structured processes to, 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 to rearing goats so if you're going to do that, you, you have to, in your assumptions, you have to put in, in your profitable PNL, you have to put expense for a higher level of security in terms of how you protect these animals. Microchip. Yeah, because, yeah, because the, more, the, the minute you go that route, the, you're putting your product in a different category. So it becomes, it becomes a luxury item. And of course, people can try to You can't just sell it to Juicy Beef like that. You must say, man. No, <laughs> don't, have to, don't have to do special patties. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not doing a patty thing. No, my thing, I got ton up like salt bay. Listen to me. One thing, I remember Jay-Z said this years ago. People don't know what they want. Give it to them. They will buy it anyway. So if me, special, and I'm not just going to throw me cow them out of grass no out of pasture no i'm gonna make sure i love on these cows the way my dad loved his cows he talked to them make sure not one tick on them god have whoever working with him if he find one tick spanning cow um 
and sell it upscale. Why am I can't do that? No, man, we are waste time at Jamaica. We need to turn up the ante. There are so, what I'm trying to say really, and in all seriousness, is that there are so many opportunities that we can take advantage of. We can, we may not have all the um, ideas, but we can learn from other countries, right? And see how we can adopt certain practices to improve ourselves and improve our communities and improve our country overall. No, me can't wait for go back to my yard. For real, for real. This got me thinking. So thanks to a combination of favorable genetics and unique cultivation conditions, these breeds are able to produce beef that has a much higher ratio of mono, what, what is? Mono unsaturated and saturated fat, making it extremely tender and more marbled giving it an extra rich and indulgent fl flavor. So it's going to be boiled down to diet. What are you feeding the cows? And you have to create a specific diet for your um, livestock. Right? So. Oh, miss, what are you talking about? Kobe? We're talking about the Wagyu, which includes the Kobe beef. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I, I know, like, um, <laughs> people... <laughs> People try to replicate it, but yeah. I'm not trying to replicate it. I'm not trying to replicate it. No, no, I'm saying, no, I'm saying other okay. because like they, they, um, I don't know what they do. The Japanese, I don't know what they do. Like it's. Well, hold on, O'Neill. Go ahead, James. Yeah. Yeah, it's a pro it's it's a process. Like I that like those those cows. <laughs> it's like they're, like they live in a five star hotel. They get massage. They they do all type of stuff to them. And you can, if you if you ever if you have ever had it before, you you can you can tell the, the difference. You know, it's expensive for a reason. You can tell the difference. Right. Like, yeah. Well, I have work to do. That's all I'ma say. Go ahead, O'Neill, and then I'm gonna keep it moving. No, no, actually, I'm just gonna ask because I know James is a restauranteur, but he answered the question I was about to ask oh. in terms of what difference to the meat. And, well, Vir um, Virginia said in the chat that um, it's worth it, right, Virginia? But, but one other question, right? Uh -huh. There is a there's a dish that is in France where the where the where the beef it's so thin it almost comes like um, like paper. The, 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 um, James maybe can answer. They cut it so thin and then just put it on the plate. And it, it literally comes like a, like a thin piece of tissue. Is that, is that a special kind of beef that they used to make that? Sounds is like prosciutto. Yeah. What you said, Javet? Say that, Javet. Say it again. That sounds like prosciutto. No, it's, it's not. It's not. It, it's a similar process to prosciutto, but it's it's not the same thing. It's like actual beef. But um, it's not. It's not. It's not um Kobe beef though, because um Kobe beef is too too tender to, to get that that thin cut I, I i don't remember the name of the beef that they use but i know what you're talking about and sometimes sometimes it's a very expensive dish though <laughs> yeah it's very expensive yeah sometimes like that it's and it's it's a type of meal that you eat it and then you have to go to kfc after go, go eat something because no. it's it's very light it's like <laughs> what, what i think what they call it like a petty for like some Fancy name, but it's very. You know, you go to a restaurant and you have like a six-course meal, and then you leave hungry. It's like the meat feel like it's slightly cooked. 
Re- very rare? Very rare. But I mean, it's so thin. It's like tissue. It melts in your mouth. Literally. Okay. All right. And you say you got that where in France? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Yeah, yeah. No, sorry. Monaco. Monaco. Okay. Listen. Huh. Me not supposed to go KFC afterwards to go eat nothing. But anyway, me is going to um me Carpaccio. That's Italian though. Carpaccio is very thin. That one I know. It is paper thin. And um you can have it raw. That one I know. Um, okay, I forgot to do some research. But all I know is that um, the cold thing I sound really good about. Now, farming is the way, folks. Who want to join me? Let's go. So, activists. Go, go ahead, James. No, sorry. I was going to say, like, I, I did I did an a event once. Like, it was in Bermuda where they had um, some of those special cold um to um the the um kobe beef and you know stuff like that and it was fifty thousand us dollars <laughs> per plate it was like a 11 a 11 course meal and when when we were serving like the the plate is like you know like it's it's like a, a eight inch plate and it's almost like you need a magnifying glass to see one of the, the course it's so it's in. <laughs> so maybe I say a question. Fifty thousand US dollars a plate. Do I do I go to the bathroom? Do I mean when I go to the bathroom, is it not gonna come out after you know the next morning? Won't it come out? No, I'm just asking because this must stay in my system for the rest of my life. Fifty thousand dollars. I should never. Yeah, it's what it's one of them fun one of them fundraising. You know them them overpriced fundraising. Oh, so you're not yeah. paying for the dinner. What you're doing is a fundraiser. Okay, that makes sense. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Experience. Yeah, it's the experience, not the food. Okay, fifty thousand dollars. Me, even if I had money like Elon Musk and Bezos, me not pay fifty thousand dollars for no food. Sorry, sorry. Call me. You, you would? No, I would not. I would. I would not. Just, <laughs> that's, that's, what if it's for? What if it's for the Jubilee Hospital? No, that's what that I said. Money. For the meal, but not, I'm not paying okay. for a meal. But if it's for a cause, I will donate to a cause. But if I have that kind of money, if I'm Bezos, Rich and Musk, Rich, yeah. But me not buying no food worth them type of money. I'm sorry, I ain't doing it. I'm, 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 no. So, next up, a diver finds more human remains in Lake Mead, marking at least the sixth discovery this year, story courtesy of CNN. After a diver found what appeared to be a human bone in Lake Mead, the park searched the area and uncovered more human remains. That's according to the National Park Service, and they made that confirmation on Wednesday. The diver, who is a private business operator at the Lake Mead National Recreation Area, found the bone in the Calville area, of Lake Mead on October 17. According to a park spokesperson, Stephanie Dawn, the next day a park dive team searched the area and confirmed the finding of a human skeletal remains. The finding marks at least the sixth time human remains have been uncovered at the lake this year, many due to the lake's dropping water levels from prolonged drought. Some of the discoveries have only been partial sets. 
So it is unclear how many people's remains have been found. The Clark County Coroner's Office, which is handling the remains found this year, previously told CNN that medical examiners were still working to determine whether the partial sets were from separate people. Oh my gosh. Well, Saturday's Powerball drawing will be $800 million. And you're probably going to go with 200 if it's your one winner. You know, the Uncle Sam is sitting there waiting at the table going, bring it on, baby. Bring it on. I'm just waiting on this to drop. Yep. The fifth largest in U.S. history. So no one won an estimated $700 million Powerball jackpot Wednesday night, meaning the big prize will grow to an estimated $800 million for the next drawing. The numbers that were drawn were 19, 36, 37, 46, 56, 24. The 36, 37, 46 sound like... No, let me stop. You know, that could be someone's um, figure, right? 36, 37, 46. Yeah. Anyway, no one has matched all six numbers and won the Powerball jackpot since August 3, allowing the prize to grow to the fifth largest in U.S. history. That amounts to 36 consecutive drawings without a jackpot winner. The next drawing is Saturday. If anyone in here buys a ticket, uh, my Cash App info, it's in my bio. Don't be stingy. I accept gifts. You don't have to, um, I won't make an announcement. I'll keep it very private. Come on, nobody come knock on your door and say them know you all long and what them did do for you when you are picnic and all them things. That, no, spread the love is all I'm saying. Yeah, um, my cash up is in my bio. All right. <laughs> $800 million. It's worth a shot. All right. Don't have a ticket. You don't have a chance. Okay. Here we go again. Our favorite politician, the one we love the most, yes, 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 is back in the news again. A second woman says Georgia Republican Senate candidate Herschel Walker paid for an abortion. This story courtesy of NPR.org. A second woman is accusing Georgia Senate nominee Herschel Walker of pressuring her into having an abortion, calling the Republican a hypocrite for campaigning against abortion access while allegedly pushing her to get one in 1993. Herschel Walker is a hypocrite and he is not fit to be a U.S. senator. An anonymous woman who went by the name of Jane Doe said in a press conference on Wednesday yesterday, we don't need people in the U.S. Senate who profess one thing and do another. The woman is declining to share her identity out of safety concerns, according to her attorney, Gloria Allred, and came forward after hearing Walker deny allegations from another woman who said he paid for her to have an abortion. NPR has not been able to independently corroborate the woman's claims. John Doe said she, or Jane Doe rather, my apologies, said she had an affair with Walker while he was married to his first wife, Cindy Grossman, from 1987 until the alleged abortion in 1993 and claimed Walker drove her to an abortion clinic and paid for the procedure after she backed out of an initial attempt. I went to a clinic in Dallas, but I simply couldn't go through with it, the woman said. I left the clinic in tears. When I told Herschel what had happened, 
he was upset and said that he was going to go back with me to the clinic the next day for me to have the abortion. The woman who said she is a registered independent but voted for former President Donald Trump in 2016 and 2020 said she was motivated to speak out after seeing Walker deny allegations made in a series of stories by the Daily Beast and that he pressured a then-girlfriend to have not one but two abortions. Oh, Lord. Um... Thank you, Tasha. And I said this too. He should have just owned up to it and then state his claim that his views on abortion have changed since then. I cannot stand a liar. I said it in here. When was it? Last week, the week before. I said it. And I think Rosola said the same thing. I'm not sure if he said it in here or it was on the Rosola show, but the same sentiments were said because we change, right? At different stages of our life we're in different phases our thought processes our ideologies are different right we're not the same we how we feel about something yesterday is not how we're going to feel about it today yesterday's price is not today's price right so don't be afraid to get up and say hey listen you know something yes 20 years ago i supported abortion because I encouraged a woman or women to have abortions. But as time progressed, my views changed. My outlook has changed. And I realized that that's not who I, uh, that's not who I am anymore. And now I do want to stand up on the other side and say, I don't agree with abortions. Be honest. People can respect your honesty way more than they can accept or respect you when you're lying to them own up to your bs we all have bs in our life own up to yours we were all young and dumb own up to it anybody else worth talking about (laughs) no move on wrong with people we're gonna take a quick break we'll be right back okay. <laughs> i mean action talk endless service walk but sometimes i wonder why these girls keep on hanging around on the sidewalk yeah sing some girl full of big feet and the market give weight i'm gonna stop at the bottom of my street woman oh, friend you know your bucket is strong in a day here push up on her hand and sing along Full of big feet and them buckets of wake. I'm a non-stop at the bottom of them a straight. Oh man, friend, you know your name a call. Them can't bounce you like no football. Oh man, you a lead. By 20 furlong, them can't catch your speed. You the man want and you the man need. To your hotter than 21 pepper seed. Yellow low position and run go breed. And get spit out like old orange seed. You the man want and you the man need. Heat all her name from Bula Shakia. Girl pressure them in the day Cause them full of big bitch And them back in the way I'm gonna stop at the bottom of my street Oh man, try to win the back in the trunk
logged on to the quality music zone qmzradio.com thank you to everyone listening on channelradio.com and thank you to everyone here with me on clubhouse where the conversation happens it is Retro Thursday, hashtag TBT Throwback Thursday. Playing music from the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. Thank you for tuning in to Coffee and Toe World News on the Go. I'm Moments with me. We do this every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern. This is where I read the news and we share our reviews. Coming up right after this one from Bounty Killer. We're going to get into business news. He must show up, say, my fancy cush. The check the Abisham, them forget shiny rush. Him talk a shelly, him come fuss. I promise her, be kicked down if she got road to my side. He must this why. Oh, liar. Come pick up, tell girl, say, him tired. He must this why. Oh, liar. Come pick up, tell girl, say, him tired. Why come a road and a from and a walk? Why a spread rumor say, oh, Shelly, sir? Shelly say, a lion, she a cost me a I come him come with a ton run a fine I'm a worthless boy, oh, liar. Come with a tell I say, him tired. I'm a worthless boy, oh, liar. Come with a tell girl, say, him tired. Shelly come check me if he was so timid. She said, fam, she born and it was slum she get. She just said, come down and all I get your back. Red this boy come fast. Come pick a tell girl, sir, him tired, him a worthless boy, oh liar. 
for business news. First up, Thai transgender activist buys Miss Universe organization. Story courtesy of JamaicaObserver.com. A Thai business tycoon and transgender activist has purchased the Miss Universe organization for $20 million, her co- the company announced on Wednesday. What does that mean for the Miss Universe um, organization? What does that mean? Is it mean, does it mean that um, going forward, it will I did more women in it. <sighs> mm. Oh boy, I, I don't know what to say. Uh, um, what I see happening is that very soon there will be no woman in the Miss Universe. I'm sorry, that's what I see happening. Women will not stand a chance in the Miss Universe competition. Yeah, well, there goes the... Granted, I haven't really been watching um, beauty pageants, right? I stopped and I said this a couple weeks ago. So um, for those who, for those men, who love looking at these ladies now you don't know what you're going to be looking at so are y'all going to still watch or you're all going to um boycott the miss universe never watch from morning still so why is the president to affect you one bit no affect me one bit <sighs> i don't know i don't know i don't know i really don't know so what is that going to do for little girls um, who want to be in a competition where they're only little girls? Is someone going to step up and form a whole new organization so that little girls who want to compete with other little girls be able to do so? Or will they be forced to grow up and just have to compete with men? Because transgender means you still have the parts right am i right or am i wrong you still have your male genitalia you just probably put in boobs or probably didn't at all i i I don't even know but i but you gotta be you know what um i don't know leave it alone i think we need a new no uh, no the truth is this we have girls who want to compete with only girls and i think there needs to be an organization as such so i would implore anyone who wants to do it and who has the money to do so to get up and create that organization because women should not feel alienated i will stand up for women there where will they go where will they be able to go to feel you know recognized that's all i'm gonna say what sector is this sports or fashion huh what what sector we're talking about in terms of competition beauty beauty Beauty? miss universe Universe. the miss universe organization has been bought by the thai transgender activist 
I've been bought. Yeah, O'Neill, a Thai business tycoon and transgender activist has purchased the Miss Universe organization for $20 million. And then there's, well, Miss World is a bigger one, right? I don't know the difference between world and universe. Miss World is the one that Lisa, Hannah, and the other girl. Yes, you're right. You're right. Yeah. And Miss Universe is, is, is another one. So I think Yendi was had gone into Miss Universe and was like second or third runner-up. Lisa Anna was Miss World. Cindy Biggs was Miss World is the bigger one. So, but I, and, I, and I'd like to think that Miss World is still straight females. So, yeah. What can we as women own as women alone? That's all I want to know. Man, a man, a real man. <laughs> <laughs> health insurance premiums at work didn't rise in 2022 amid soaring inflation but the good times will not last folks you're gonna feel the pinch in 2023 so get ready to get smaller paychecks if you opt for insurance coverage from your employer okay even though the price of gas and i think prezi your mic is open even though the price of gas groceries and other essentials shot up in 2022 healthcare premiums for employer sponsored coverage remained essentially flat and this is according to a survey released on thursday job-based policies for families cost an average of roughly 22,500 in 2022 with workers contributing an average of about six thousand one hundred dollars that is basically the same as last year the average cost of single policies was just over 7900 for this year, with employees responsible for about $1,350. Unlike in previous years, premium growth trailed behind the increases in inflation and workers' wages, which came in at 8% and 6.7% respectively. That is because the cost of coverage is typically set months in advance before inflation really took off. Also, utilization of healthcare services remained low in 2021, so employers that fund their own health plans did not spend as much as anticipated, which allowed them to keep premiums steady this year, said Matthew Ray, Associate Director for the program on the healthcare marketplace at Kaiser. You know what I don't understand? Why healthcare can be free in this country. But we know why. We know why. We know why. I'm just being um facetious right now we know why <sighs> more money out of our pockets so uh, anybody get a pay increase on on them nine to five anybody get a, get a pay increase recently because there are some people who have said they have not had a pay increase for a couple of years and you have some who say that they have got an increase but it's very slim it eats right back out to taxes. So what exactly is going on? Everything is going on around us. Inflation is going up. It's hitting everybody. Cost of living has gone up. What is going to happen? So now we have to tighten the belts. Even more than they tighten already. Everybody going to put on a corset 
And you know when they stand up in the back and they put your foot in your back and pull the laces and tighten it to give you that hourglass shape. Well, that's where we are right now. I don't know. They're going to suck the life out of us. Insurance. Health insurance. To keep healthy. So that you can go to work. <laughs> right? Boom. That's going to go up. When is enough enough? How much more money does the medical industry, the, 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 yeah, medical, whatever you want to term it, how much more money do they really need? What? They, hold on, Anil. They should have a system in place where, let us say, you, you pay your health insurance for the year, right? And you have never had to, you're never sick. You just got your well checks, right? You, you, your, your annuals, that's it. You never had to be hospitalized. You never had to do anything major. I think you should get back a percentage, just like with car insurance. That's the next scam. Give you a joke. Had to call the insurance company on the, the, the automobile insurance company on Monday. Right? Because the rates have changed. So then come back with $50 more than what i was paying i'm like whoa 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 back back that up back 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 it up now hold on why the change and of course you know the first answer is oh all the accidents in your area what area because when i lived in georgia y'all said the same thing too every six months the rate goes up little by little but anyway the increase dropped from fifty dollars to five dollars but what I'm trying to say here, as far as insurance is concerned, check your policies, folks, especially for automobile when it renews every six months. Don't just pay. If, you're, if you pay for the six months at once, don't just up and pay. Look through your policy. Call your, your agency, your insurance company, and ask them about every single thing because they will slip things in on you. And then six months go by or a year goes by, no accident, and you're not getting the money back. Your reward is you pay more next year or in the next six months. That's your reward. I think health insurance, give me back some money. Automobile insurance, give me back some money. If you pay rent as insurance, homeowners insurance, give people back some money. Make we feel just a little bit good. Just a little bit. Go ahead, O'Neill. I'm sorry. No, I mean, I, I, I just, I mean, I underscore the point you made as it relates to health insurance. But I'm, I'm just thinking that um, as human beings, we get sick and then we go to the hospitals and we get pumped up with all these kind of artificial drug and stuff. Um, there's so much. I personally believe that everything is thing that is there to heal us is naturally grown on earth um of course you have to get it in doses and it's slightly the chemist to make sure that you don't overdose yourself with anything at all whether it's natural plants or stuff um but what if we started a drive to have people genuinely know how to treat themselves with eating right and stuff from a very early age. Because most of the things that we suffer from is because of the food and and all of 
<laughs> artificial food substances that we're putting into our bodies. So I just think the whole thing is a scam between the pharmaceutical companies, the companies that are manufacturing food. Um, it's just a, it, it's like an ecosystem, it's a scam ecosystem. So you feed people junk or food with certain chemicals and stuff in it that will give them cancer, a certain percentage of human beings is going to get cancer, then you sell them an health insurance or, you know, etc. And to me, it's a huge, the entire thing is a scam. You know, I, I, I don't think we should have to be paying health insurance, period. Or if That's we're paying talk. anything, it should be very minimal, right? That's what I feel. But can we get some money back, please? Just a little bit. Just a little bit. That's all I'm asking for. Stop killing us. Um, Yeah. Virgin Australia is giving its passengers a chance to win thousands in a lottery, but they have to enter by getting a middle seat. Who likes the middle seat? It's either window or aisle. In hopes of getting more people to choose the middle seat, Virgin Australia is launching a middle seat lottery. Hate the middle seat but love any opportunity to get some money? Well, this special raffle Virgin Australia is offering might pique your interest. The airline's new middle seat lottery gives passengers a chance to win $145,000. But the only way to enter is by choosing a middle seat voluntarily or getting stuck with one involuntarily, CNN reports. Virgin Australia is an airline that's doing things differently, and we're having a lot of fun coming up with exciting innovations to make every part of the travel experience more wonderful. Now, we're giving our loyal guests the opportunity to win from a prize pool valued at over $230,000 for simply sitting in a middle seat does anybody here um book a middle seat um i do i do like the middle seat because i'm quite tall um i like the middle seat at the front i don't know if um you know the front where um there's there's nothing in front of you yes um, i prefer that yeah, yeah i prefer that section so i don't have to worry about getting up and squeezing past people and there's like loads loads of legroom but I don't, I don't book the middle seat. No, definitely not. Like to be like in the, stuck in in the, in the right middle of it, definitely not. How tall but are you? Had, I'm six three. Okay. Yes, and and with with the um, the leg room in, in normal seats for someone six three, I know it might not be tall to, especially people in your side of the world, but in a plane. It's, <laughs> it's, <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah, because um, you like people on your side. They're really like super tall. Like I think uh, six five is like the normal height. But over here, um, most people are usually like um, average height, like six four, five seven, five eight. Uh, most guys are five nine. So I, I do class myself as being really tall. Um, but yeah, I would. I always try to avoid the middle, middle, like stuck in the middle seat. Um, but I do like the middle at the front. But um, I, I, I don't know why they're doing this to me. I don't know if maybe because people, people, a lot of people avoid um, that part of the plane. So they're probably they're trying to um, give it more incentive so people 
will be more inclined to go to the middle. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you, if there's a chance of you winning, why not? Why, why bloody not? not? Why not? <laughs> yeah. Why not? Okay, so I get the tall part because um, two of our sons are over six feet, right? Um, one is about six two, going six three. One between six four six five. So, yeah, um, I get it. Why you would sit there because you need the leg room, right? But do you know that in Miami, where well in the section of Miami that I live in. I struggled to find pants for them because it's predominantly Latino and Latinos are not predominantly tall, right? So I struggled Teflon to find clothes for them. Really struggle. Yeah. Their length, hard to find. Ah, um, yeah, so it's worth a shot, but I don't know if I'd be... Probably if I were to sit where you sit, right, you know, that row there, I, yeah, that would be not a bad idea. But I am a window first, aisle second. And you know why I like the window? This is bad. I know it's going to sell. Because you want to take pictures and videos no. to take off. You know so what? You can put it on the That's not it. Let me tell you why. I am able to turn my head and not have anybody look at me without looking as though I'm staring at the person next to me. I hate people looking at me. I absolutely hate people looking at me. I hate people staring at me. And you know, sometimes you sit down and people are walking by you to go to their seats and everybody's looking at you, right? And they're looking at everybody. I hate it. So sitting at the window allows me to turn my head and look out and keep my head there. <laughs> that's that's yeah. weird, right? No, 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 it's not weird. That um, that makes perfect sense. Um, the only reason, like, I, me personally, I avoid the window um, because I just, cause, cause I, if it's a long flight, I like to get up a lot. I, I don't want to feel like I'm being, I'm, I'm being a nuisance because um, the last flight I had, there was um, an extremely, like, she was really big, like, she was a really big lady at, at the, the other end. And every time, I had to get up. It was like it used to take like literally five minutes to get up, and it was just I kind of felt sorry for her, but I still I still had to um, get up. You know, is this is this the inconvenience of squeezing past people, and then and then when you're coming back, you have to get up, and then you have to squeeze past again. Yeah, it's just, it's just a bit. It's really long. So I, me personally, I, I don't I don't mind seeing at the end. I just give them. I just put my mean look. I'll put my mean look on and no one will look. I'll just carry on. Just look hard. It? Just look hard. Yeah. 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 Okay. So I don't feel bad then for being weird like that. Okay. Yeah. So anybody wants a chance at winning $145,000, book a middle seat on your next flight. And, but you have to book it with Virgin Australia. All right. Next up in the business and tech news segment royal caribbean unveils world's largest cruise ship icon of the seas so royal caribbean international set to sail january 2024 it will be the largest passenger passenger ship to sail the seven seas 
We used as our vision the concept of creating the world's best family vacation. And we're making that statement, and we don't make that statement lightly. The Cruise Line's president and CEO, Michael Bailey, told USA last week, late, the cruise line shared information about the first ship in its new icon class. The icon of the seas will be the line's largest ship and can accommodate more than 5,600 guests at double occupancy. That's like a little town. Bailey shared that the ship has a mix of chill and thrill. So Icon has plenty of thrills and plenty of chills. He said the vessel boasts uh, both themes across its 20 decks. Wow. The ship will depart from Miami on year-round Eastern and Western Caribbean voyages. Each trip set to visit the cruise line's private island in the Bahamas. Perfect day at Coco Bay. The ship will stop in Cozumel, Mexico and Roatan, Honduras. Guests aboard Icon of the Seas will be split up among eight neighborhoods. I did say a little city, huh? Including Thrill Island, which is home to the Category 6 water park. Guests can choose from six slides, such as an open free fall slide, pressure drop, or crown's edge, where passengers can walk around the crown and anchor logo at the top of the ship before dropping, swinging more than 150 feet above the ocean. Wow. The ship will include activities such as ice skating and rock climbing. Mm, it's the first to use cleaner, burning, liquefied natural gas. gas. And for guests with disabilities, Bailey said, the line builds its ships above and beyond ADA compliance. Royal has worked to allow guests to move around the ship without having to take an elevator or climb stairs. Wow. You know, I heard a story the other day, Lord forgive me, I don't know how true it is, but someone questioned the truth about the Titanic. Yeah, someone questioned it and there were people supporting the questioning. They're wondering if the Titanic was really real. They feel that it was a an insurance scam. Yeah, I was like, whoa. Whoa, yeah, pretty large ship, pretty beautiful ship, I will say, this Royal Caribbean. Did I pin it at the top? No, I did not. Let me go ahead and pin the link. You know what? There could be some truth about it because I've I've heard a lot. Um, I've I've had I've had a lot of people saying the same thing. Um, really? But yeah, but to be honest, I wouldn't be surprised because in the I mean in the past, especially at school and. In our history lesson, they lie to us about a lot of things, so I wouldn't be surprised to be honest. Huh. You know what I mean? But it still remains a conspiracy theory, and it's um and some people um refer to the Mandela effect as well, and so that kind of makes it um a bit more complicated as well. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> we, we might need to speak to someone that was actually there. <laughs> that's yeah. the only way that's yeah. it. is, that a, is there you anyone can, still you can never find one is there anyone still alive though teflon how, how many how, how many how many years was it i don't even know <laughs> not you know I, I know it sounds bad 
I really know. I know no, it really sounds there's bad. no survivors, man. This was a long time ago. Yeah, how long? How long? Because you know I'm people looking, can live up to hundreds. I'm looking years, it so. up. So, um, Titanic. Okay, so the Titanic, which sank in the North Atlantic Ocean on April 15, 1912. April 15, 1912. After striking mm. an iceberg during her maiden yeah, I don't, voyage. yeah, 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 yeah. I don't think I don't think there'll be any survivors, unless there were babies. Maybe the babies might have a chance of surviving. <laughs> um, so yeah. they had a, a PBS or Nat Geographic um, uh, show on the Titanic, and they have a group of people who actually went down in the ocean and found the wreckage. Okay. So I don't understand why. Well, then again, <laughs> I'm getting a red bar. Sorry. Then That's again, okay. you know, people believe what they want to believe. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I've never physically touched God, but I believe in God. So. Right. Right. Okay. So. Yeah. But but that wreckage could be any wreckage, um, unless unless there's like hundred percent proof or signage that says that it's a, it's a, um, the, the Titanic. Um, yeah. yeah. So Dre put in the chat that the last survivor died in two thousand and seven. Okay. Yeah, I don't know why I'm thinking about that. That's morbid, right? Sad. Come on, moments do better. But yeah. Um. Anybody wanting to go on a cruise, check it out. They're sailing out of Miami. Would you live on a cruise ship? Um, maybe, maybe not, because I get seasick. I'm not. I've never been on the on a ship. I don't know. I don't know if the seasick um, applies to being on the ship. Um, I'd like to experience it, and if if I don't get seasick, I probably would. I probably would stay on there for six months because is is like um, being being a little town, isn't it? Because yeah. there's ev there's everything there. You got gyms, you got um, swimming pools, you got clubs. Yeah, so you know they have medicine for that, right, DJ? Yeah, I ha I had those tablets for it, but um, I I tried it. Well, I tried it once, and it didn't work. I still got sick. So, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I was taking the wrong medication. They have they have bracelets. They have everything, and it depends on the the time of year that you're sailing, um, the size of the ship. Because a smaller ship, you'll feel the waves more than like a huge ship. I cruise a lot, so just so what I do out there. Yeah, so what I do, Teflon, because I get seasick. I took that Dramamine thing. But also, when I'm on the ship, don't look at the water through no window. You don't want to see any kind of motion. So just stay away from looking at the motion and and stuff like that. And it helps <laughs> along with the pill. <laughs> along with the pill, that that's how I I, I get over it. Cause like, if that ship or a boat or whatever I'm in is moving too much, yeah, I'm done. What what about what about looking? Looking at the motion, um, not through the window, but like outside, does that does that make any difference? It it does because like if I go to the top of the ship and I'm looking out, yes, it uh, I'm good. But if I'm like in a closed area or anything, and I look out the window and 
see the ship moving and the the, the wave of the sea and my eyes immediately i start having a headache and i want to puke and all different kind of things start happening to me mm. all right thanks for that i'm gonna I'm do, cause, yeah because i do i do want to um try cruising i know like from my my side world they always say cruising's for old people but i do i do like to try different i'm very open-minded i do i would definitely love to try it it's a nice experience especially the caribbean the caribbean cruise i'd like to do the caribbean cruise where I can get off at every like every island for four hours. I think that'd be pretty dope. Yep. Oh yeah, you'd enjoy that. Tasha says I'd live in a cruise ship if it's docked. <laughs> well, there is, a, <laughs> there is a cruise ship. Uh, I can't remember the name of it, but I remember they um, featured it on. I can't remember what station on TV. If it was travel, the Travel Channel. But there is a cruise ship. You can literally buy a condo on the cruise ship for like $250,000. And you just cruise around the world. You go all around the world. You don't have to worry about your meals. You don't have to worry about anything. Yeah. You just, you know, it docks, you get off, you have a good time. It's something I, if I had money, I would probably invest in that. And I would Airbnb it out. <laughs> so People yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I don't, I don't think you can live on that full time. I think you're going to get bored because you're going to feel a little bit restricted. Although, although it it, um, it sells and stops and whatever, I think after a while, I think the novelty will wear off. So maybe like 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 a timeshare or yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah. turn it into so an investment those, opportunity, right? Yeah, but those cruise ships. I mean, I've never been on one, but from what I've seen. I don't think there's any Bordeaux, Teflon, depending, because it's like a whole country. There's everything. There's Starbucks. There's <laughs> literally all they need to do is put a road on it. It has everything. Swimming pool, tennis courts. Um, you know, it, it's, it, it has a whole ecosystem of, I mean, I, some of these schools you probably even have shopping. You know, you have stores they can go in and shop. You know, it's all on, the, on these. I'll tell you to get that. But don't you think it's different to the the actual outside world, like like the the actual uh, being on the ground, going to the actual shops? Don't you think? It's- uh, to be honest, I think being on Earth is overrated. So, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go on, try Mars, O'Neill. <laughs> Not be about for say. Earth, Earth is ghetto. I want to get out. You want to get out of Earth, right? <laughs> you know what I noticed, though, Anil? It's mostly men who are saying they want to leave Earth. I haven't heard many women saying they want to leave Earth. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe there's something to it. <laughs> I don't know. I'll just say. <laughs> oh, boy. All right, got to play a little music to take us up to the top of the hour when we do close out. Here is some more oldies but goodies. Here's this one from Beanie Man.
Coffee and Toe, we're going to be talking about the two Californians who bought Barilla Pasta, thinking it was made in Italy. And now they're suing. You know, we talk about coming up with our own lawsuit here. We need to find something to sue about and get those coins. Also, coming up tomorrow, the world's dirtiest man dies at 94 years old, following his first bath in more than 60 years. Dirt never kill nobody. Yet I know Marlon will be happy to hear that story. <laughs> Trucker life, baby. Sometimes you're out there, you can't even get to stop. We're going to take it back a little bit, a little bit. Here's Derek Morgan with Forward March. <laughs> Yeah. 
And I'm gonna close us out, close us out with this one, courtesy of Bob Marley and the Whalers. Simmer down. Thank you to all the listeners who logged on to the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com, for quality music while you work or play. Log on to www.QMZRadio.com for quality music to get you through your day. And thank you to everyone who listened online on JanoRadio.com. Don't forget to download that Jano Radio app, J-A-H-K-N-O, available in your Apple and Google Play stores, Jano Radio. Take us on the go. And of course, I gotta say, huge, 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 huge thank you to everyone who was here with me on Clubhouse. This is where the conversation happens. I'm Moments With Me. You were listening to Coffee and Toe, World News on the Go. We do this every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern, where I read the news and we share our views. You can follow me on Twitter at me media moments on Instagram moments underscore with underscore me underscore media and on TikTok moments with me media. It was a retro Thursday today. Hashtag TBT throwback Thursday music from the 80s, 90s and early 2000s and a little further back too. Whatever you do, wherever you go, I do ask you all this one favor. Please be safe. Look forward to seeing you here tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. Eastern. This is Moments with me signing out of QMZRadio.com and JohnNoRadio.com. All right, Clubhouse, thank you so much. I appreciate it.